I'm Lad. I'm one of the pastors here. And man, today, just unabashedly, we are inviting you into relationship that transforms, transforms us. And we see God transform others. And, you know, you and I, what we typically do is we like these neat, clean little boxes for our lives. And what we discover is that it's really in, in committing ourselves to, to, we don't even know what it is to say, God, use us. And, and opening ourselves up to a relationship that he has more for us than we ever planned. Uh, I was 19 years old, and I moved to Chicago. How many of you ever lived in Chicago? Two of you. That is not enough. How many of you have ever lived in Chicago? Man, some of you should live. That's a great city to live in, right? We got a great city. Chicago is a great city to live in. And lived there from 1993 to 97. Went to school there. Lived right downtown. And God gave me experience in Chicago that really really changed the way I think about this. You know, here at K2, we talk about focus, tight, and out there. And today, did I just drop that again? No. Today, here at K2, we're talking about out there, getting out there. And it's a really fun day. How many of you guys uh, know the Sarmiento family, Jairo and Lourdes? Right? They're in town, and if you uh, catch them in between service or after this next service, they're going to be here for a couple of weeks. They've been pastors in Honduras. We're partnering with them. How many of you guys know Amy King? Amy King, she's been kind of getting ready to lead forward in a ministry here in our city to take care of kids, foster kids or adoption um, for us to get out there that way. How many of you, um, how many of you knew Chad before today? All right? Isn't Chad great? And he's been here from the start. He's been gone for five years already. And, and he's here sharing with us how God transformed him here and how he's using him here today. And, and our desire is that today, as we talk about being out there, being focused, tight, and out there, is that, that God would, just like Dave said, that he would give you an opportunity to find new trust in him in a new situation in your life. That, that fear isn't an option, that it'll rise up, and that you will step into a trusting relationship with God unlike anything you've known already. So I'm 19, I'm in Chicago, and I went there for school. It's where I met Crystal, and um, I was there for Bible school. And, you know, when you're in Bible school, you're learning new things about, you know, I, I just grew up in this little town in Northeast Ohio, and good church, and I showed up in, I was in my cowboy boots, and, you know, like big belt buckle and the whole thing, and I'm in Chicago, and, and I'm working with kids on the south side, and getting to know a bunch of that kind of stuff, and, and I just you're learning different ways people get out there. And you see some things that kind of rub you wrong, and you see some things that rub you right, and you're just learning how people get out. But, but here's one thing I noticed. Is my life, my experience, is that all of the things I did to get out there, like missions, I, I'd go on short-term missions trips, you know, and you get a t-shirt for that, and you kind of talk about it for a long time afterwards, and you, you like the culture, and you kind of talk about how hard it was. And then other things like you go, and my, my mom loved to serve in the city mission in Cleveland. And so we'd go in once a week, and, and I would do that with her. And I never really got to know anybody. I'd serve the food, and I'd be pretty excited when it's over, and I'd go home. And you, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, kind of things that I felt like I should do, that I, they were good to do, but, but they weren't really changing me. Uh, even uh, I was a Sunday school teacher. I became a teacher really in 10th grade and started teaching Sunday school. But, but I, I understood it inside the context of a box, right? Where, where I just went and did this thing and then I lived the rest of my life. And what we're going to find today is that God calls us to spend our lives. He calls us to actually give of ourselves. And, and guess what? When we do that, 
He transforms us and we receive so much more than we even thought we could give. And really, that's the story of Matt, right? The boxing coach, Matt. That's the story of Jeb and Jenny. That's the story of Chad. That's the stories that you're going to hear today is, is people that, that felt like it was risky to take that next step and yet God had so much for them in the process. So I'm 19. I'm in Chicago. Have I said that before? And I... Uh, live in downtown and my friend Paul says, hey, I want you to come hang out with some friends. And, and I don't really know exactly what he meant. And so on Saturday, we're going to get ready. He said, no, you don't need to dress up. Just wear whatever you got. And it was cold. And so we had a jacket and went downtown. And in Chicago, there are, there are upper streets and lower streets inside what they call the loop, the main part of the city. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And so there's upper and lower and and uh, so we go down to one, one of the lower streets and there's no snow down there right because the snow is all on top and right next to one of the the heating you know heat from the big buildings the heating returns whole community of people who don't have homes you know camped out where there's a little bit of warm air and and Paul takes me right up and he says hey here are my friends and I sat down next to this guy named Tim and I sat down next to him every Saturday for the next six months and I got to know Tim experience I'd never had before in my life. And a few weeks after I spent time down there, again, the first couple times you don't really know what to do. And, and then eventually you're just friends and you're just talking about nothing and you're talking about everything. Do you know what I mean? You're just like afraid. You know each other. And so I'm talking with Tim and an experience happened to me that I said changed the way I understand how we're supposed to be out there. I never be the same. A, a white van drove up and this big white 15-passenger van drove up, and there was five or six people in it, and the door slid open, and out jumped people in the same t-shirts, and they had these boxes, and it was like I got punched in the gut. How many of you have ever had the wind knocked out of you? Just totally the wind knocked out of you. How many of you have had an experience where, where it's almost like time stands still? Maybe you didn't have the wind knocked out of you, but like time stood still for a moment, and you watch time going by, and it's like, Maybe it's so traumatic or it's so exciting. It's like you're just trying to capture the moment. It was that kind of moment for me. Because here's what happened. People got out and they were great. They were fantastic. They were friendly. They were kind. They had food. They had prepared. They had come to feed people who were hungry. Right? And Paul and I were in that line. And they, you know, they didn't know that we ate breakfast and we were going to eat lunch. And you know, they just assumed that we were just like everybody else. And they went down and the first person handed out a white, you know, just a, a sandwich mayonnaise and bologna and white bread sandwich, handed one to each person, the next person handed out a, a drink, the next person handed out a cupcake, and they were there for 30, 40 more seconds, said hi, thanks a lot, jumped back in the van, high-fived each other, and down the road, right? And I, it was like a moment in time of me watching myself involved with the church the way we typically get out there the way we typically engage with people who have need, the way we typically spend ourselves in our community and with others. It was like I was watching myself because I've been in that van tons of times. Absolutely nothing wrong with them. But for me, it was like God gave me a little private cinema into this idea that there is so much more. There's so much more than simply going through the routine, playing it safe, and doing an action 
to make me feel like I got out there. Do you know what I'm talking about? We've done that kind of thing. Because it's easy. It's easy to fit into our lives. It's easy to, to fit. And, and to be quite honest, all of us know, don't we, that there's more. How many of you have ever been involved with what we do on South Salt Lake? Uh, like painting houses and re helping people there. It's a great thing. We love it. We love being neighbors that way to our community. But how many of you, as you walk with Jesus, you're there, you're painting, you're rolling the painter, you're painting, maybe you're raking, you're cutting stuff down. How many of you, in your heart, don't you know there's more than just that four hours? But on that day, you've got the rest of your day stacked up, don't you? Right? You're like, hey, I got to do this, I got to do this, I, I got to get out of here. But don't you, in your gut, know there's more? I think we do. And God's word says we do as well. And what, you, what we want to commit to you as a church is that we want to help you in to more. We want to set the stage so that you'll never be satisfied with, with just the activity, right? Just the compartmentalized action. Because what God calls us to do is to be people who with our lives go out with his love. And really what we're calling it in this year is we've been calling it committed friendship. We've just been calling it, whether it's, it's on the street or whether it's in South Salt Lake or whether it's with some kids or with a refugee family or whether it's in Honduras or in Swaziland, we've been calling it, I'm just, I'm going to commit myself to you. I'm not going to try and force myself on you and get my agenda out of you. I'm going to commit myself to you. And I'm going to say, God, and use me and, and teach me through this person. All right, so we're going to jump into the scriptures and find out really a little bit where this came from, okay? God, as we get started, would you help us today to hear from you? And God, for anyone here that you want to speak to them, God, I pray that you would be clear. And God, like Dave already prayed, that you would give courage where there's fear, that you'd give clarity and opportunity where it's fuzzy. Uh, God, that, that I and my friends might step more and more into the plans that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. Well, there's got to be more. Where does this come from? Where does this whole idea? Again, at K2 we talk about it, focus tight and out there, focus on Jesus, tight together and out there. Why, why do we think that we need to be out there, right? Do we think that we need to be out there, you know, telling people they're wrong or telling people that they aren't right? Or Actually, Jesus says from the start, I've given you my love. I want you just to take that to other people. Before Jesus returned to the Father in heaven, he said this, and it's what we call the Great Commission. He said this in Matthew 28. Came to them, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. This is what Jesus did here. He came and he found, remember he found Matthew, uh, he, well, he found Matthew and he was a tax collector. He found Peter and Andrew, brothers fishing. Remember he found James and John, they were fishermen. And he, what did he say to them? He said, come and follow me. Come and follow me, right? He took guys that didn't, well, they were God-hearted guys and we don't know all about their spiritual lives, but they were God-hearted guys, but they didn't know Jesus they weren't Christians yet. They weren't followers of him. He just said, hey, come and follow me. I want to make you my disciples, right? And I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you people who give this same thing to other people, right? To the people who are fishermen. He said, I'll make you fishers of men, not just of fish. I'm going to help you give life, 
give my love to other people. Right from the start, he said, follow me, and I want you to give my love to others. And so he says the same thing here. While Jesus was here, he says the disciple of him does two things. They love God completely. Did I do that? All right. <laughs> Rock and roll. It's been one of those days. We have microphone issues. So he said, I want you to love, I want you to love God with all you've got. Does that make sense? He, uh, Jesus said this. He said this. He said, I want you to love God with all you've got, and I want you to love others with all you've got. We call it the great commandment. Like Jesus says, a follower of me loves God with everything they have, and they love others with everything they have. Right? And, and then they, they go about doing this, and they, they make disciples, other people who do this exact same thing. And so what Jesus calls us right from the start as followers of him to be is people who love him and love others, and, and help others to enter into that same kind of relationship with him. That's what we're all about. And so when we're out there, it doesn't matter whether we're in our cul-de-sac that God has you there right now on purpose for. It doesn't matter whether you're in your soccer community, that you're a soccer mom in that community on purpose. It doesn't matter whether you're in South Salt Lake serving right here in our community, maybe even in the boxing club like Matt is. You know, it doesn't matter if you're there. It doesn't matter whether you're working in Honduras with our church partner there. It doesn't matter where you are. You're called as a follower of God to be that person sharing God's love with others. And so within weeks, Jesus says this. He returns to heaven. And really within weeks, the church sets up this pattern of getting together like this and then getting together in smaller groups to do that. Um, here's what it says in Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. They devoted themselves. Not going to talk about that. I'm just going to ask you, what are you devoted to? What are you devoted to? Like the, the church within weeks, they just said their lives became devoted to God's word and to sharing that with each other. Right? And so they devoted themselves to it. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Okay, Within, within weeks, they started gathering just like this. This is why we do church. If you didn't know this, because for 2,000 years, Christians have gathered together, they've talked about the Word of God, and then they've figured out how to live it out. They actually did that in homes. They gathered in the temple, they taught the Word of God, they became devoted to it, and then they talked about it in smaller groups in homes. That's what we call life together. That's why we want you to be involved with community. It's not meant to be a solo endeavor for you to just figure this out on your own. And in small groups, what they did is they, they worked through God's word, and it says they became generous. They didn't know about everyone's need in the big community. They found out about needs in small community. And they gave to one another, and they gave to each other. And guess what? They gave and they loved in such a way that tons of other people began to follow this way. They just did life, and they included others intentionally, right? Um, and that's really the pattern that we're talking about here. We're not talking about adding other things into our lives, right? Which it can seem like as we teach, we're always adding more and more things into our life, right? We have, 
really incredibly packed lives. And what we're saying is go be intentional with your life. Be intentional with your time. Notice people who are in need in your life and give yourselves to them. Be intentional, okay? Um, Within, within, uh, within a short time from there, people start going out as missionaries. There, there's a bit of a tension when you talk about, the, when you talk about the, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Some people love to go out and they love to be out there and they love to feed people and to, to give clothes and to give shelter. They don't like to talk about Jesus so much, right? But they love, to, they love to do those charitable acts. Other people love to go out and they love to preach the gospel, right? They don't really want to get to know people too much. They love to preach the gospel and, and what the scriptures say is you can't do either of those things. You have to do both of them, right? That as we go out, we have to love people. We have to know people. We have to meet people's needs. We've got to share the message with them. We've got to share the message of the gospel. Paul planted churches. And Paul went out from this movement of the church. And he went out to other areas where people didn't know the gospel yet. And he planted churches all over the area, all over the Roman Empire. And in Galatians 2, he says that he came back and he checked in with the apostles in, in Jerusalem. And he said this. He said, hey, I want to share with you what I'm preaching, who I'm preaching it to, just so that you can put your stamp of approval on it, so that you can fully approve it. And here's what he says in Galatians chapter 2. He says that they fully approved of what he was saying. And he says, all they ask is that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I'd been eager to do all along. Paul perfectly handled talking about the gospel, starting churches, and saying, man, we need to care about the poor, and we need to respond. In James, uh, James says this, he says, for you to have an authentic relationship with God, to have a full relationship with God, the way that's going to live out in your life is you have to notice people in need. Notice orphans and widows and visit with them. And to keep yourself holy like him. He says, have a heart like mine. Have a, a set apart life like mine. And respond to orphans and widows in their distress. Sit with them. And so when we talk about out, out there as a church, here's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about being people who go out with the gospel of Jesus and go out with tangibly the love of Jesus. We want to respond in such a way that we give of our lives and spend our lives and share the gospel with others as we do. And what happened in Acts is that many more people came into that way. The problem is, is that you and I do it often in ways that don't change anything. You and I mechanically think, well, I got to squeeze this in, so let me hit this quickly and do it and get it done. And, and we're not changed, and the people that we're serving aren't changed. And I, I want to tell you these stories today because Chad, he found that he got changed when he began to serve, and he began to understand God's heart, right? The stories of Jeb and Jenny, they're in the middle of this right now. They thought they didn't have enough time in their life, and yet God is transforming them, and God is using them in the middle. I want to tell you the story of Wendy. Um, can we welcome Wendy Shelton to the stage? Thanks, Wendy. Um, Wendy, you've been here at K2 from the start. Just about. 
and uh, which is almost nine years. Do you guys know that? Next week is nine years here at K2. Do you already know that? That's not very exciting, is it? Um, nine years. How many of you guys have been here the whole time? Nine years at K2. How many of you got here in the last year to become part of K2? All right, very cool. Um, nine years, K2 has been around, and you've been here almost from the start. Been leading and serving and been involved with a lot of different things. We're going to not go all the way back there, uh, but tell us a little bit about what was going on with you and this idea of giving of yourself out there in 2010 and 11. I had gone on numerous um, short-term trips to uh, a couple of different countries, and in 2010, I ended up going with a, a really small group to the Philippines. It was not an organized trip, but everybody I went with did attend K2 at that time. And when I came back from that trip, I really felt like uh, God was calling me to do more and to be open to the idea of doing more and to going somewhere for a longer period of time. And I also had asked that wherever he sent me next, I wanted it to be harder. Harder. I don't know how many of you regularly ask that kind of stuff of God, um, but, uh, but you're obviously on stage, so we're talking about that. So tell us what happened when you asked God, hey, I, I want it to be harder. I want you to trans, because I think what you were saying is that you sensed that God had more for you. Yeah. Um, initially, the first organization I talked to um, had an opportunity for me to go, I I'm an HR human resources director by profession, and I had an opportunity to um, go somewhere and use those skills, um, put processes and procedures in place, more like a business trip, really. And I was really excited for maybe about three days, and then I really felt uh, God calling me again and saying, great, I gave you those skills, but you asked for it to be harder, you know, maybe something that's more transforming, more relational outside my comfort zone. And I ended up um, going to volunteer with uh, an organization that works with street kids in the Philippines. Okay. And, um, and so, and tell us about what that was like when you arrived yeah. there. You kind of, you thought you knew what you were signing up I for, did. but... Yeah. I was actually sent a job description, which as an HR manager was pretty exciting. And I shared that with my prayer team that had been with me all along. And I showed up and, and nothing was as I thought it would be, um, including the director being incapacitated from having just had major surgery. Um, it was extremely difficult for a myriad of reasons that would take time for another day. Um, but I, you know, I sent an SOS e email to staff. You and I had several Skype conversations in the beginning. I was, I, I did not understand why God sent me there. I was not doing enough. I wasn't doing, you know, when can I go have a conversation with director to ask her when she's going to have me start doing all the things that are on this list of things I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I was actually online trying to figure out if I could afford to change my plane ticket and come home early. Hmm. And, and at that point, um, what was your, I mean, did you feel like you really had even, um, well, let me say this, what, what changed? What changed at that time? Or what, what really changed for you in that moment? You're looking for a ticket to come home and, and obviously you didn't. So tell us what changed. Um, it took a tsunami, literally. Um, a tsunami hit a city that was about a four-hour drive from where I was um, living at that time. And uh, the director that I was with had friends in that city who run several different uh, ministries and asked for help. So I went with a small group of people um, to that city to show up and see how we could help. And one of the days that we were there, we were sent to a school that had been devastated. and. Um, 
uh, uh, sorry, I was looking for the picture. Um, they, they were trying to salvage whatever they could, and so they had dragged everything out of the classrooms, and we were sent in to, to try to clean up classrooms. And I was there during the rainy season, and it was insanely humid and very hot. And we'd spent several hours in this classroom, and I, I just, at one point, I, I just couldn't take it anymore, and I walked outside at that moment, and I remember looking up, and it was kind of like waving the white flag. Okay, <laughs> I don't get this. I, I still am not sure why you sent me here, but I'm gonna stop trying to figure out. And really, from, from the next day going on, everything changed. The next day, we were supposed to go somewhere we couldn't get to because roads were flooded out. And we ended up getting dropped off at an evacuation center. And of course, I wasn't with one of the groups that had things to hand out or some kind of a program. So I found myself wandering around and ended up, because I had time, being able to sit with people who, who were there because they lost their homes. And I had time to talk to these people and sit with these people. And then really the rest of the trip was just changed from that day forward. And so what changed specifically in, inside of you as you began to connect with people? Um, well, first of all, um, I had a friend tell me that I should use or see that time as a gift. Mm. You know, when you're busy, you don't take time to listen to other people. But it gave me opportunity, even with the two girls I was sharing a house with, suddenly I had time to really talk to them and get to know their story. They were confiding in me as an older, mm. you know, as an older woman. Uh, and just having opportunities to be out in the community and... Um, talk to people and share share my story and share God's word. I haven't said this in any other service, but I, I remember, um, you know, when we were originally talking before, before the, the moment of waving the right, white flag, it was, and can you all relate with this, by the way? Can you relate with kind of being in the middle of something that you know God's kind of got you there on purpose, but you feel like I'm not being valued, I'm not being used, and God, why am I in the middle of this, and where's the eject button, and how do I get out of this? Have you been in that kind of a situation, right? And, and, uh, and to be honest, your conversation really went from, I'm not being used, I'm, you know, I don't know why I'm here, to let me tell you about the relationship I have here. Let me tell you about what God's doing. Like it switched, like a, like a switch, and so, Eventually, that trip ended, and you're back here in the States. And so eventually, it's kind of like anything. Let's say you're serving in South, South Salt Lake. Eventually, that day ends, right? And then you're kind of back at home in your house. And so did you just go back into life as usual, or what happened? What changed? I did not. Um, God had made it pretty clear to me that I really needed to be intentional about uh, where I was serving and who I was spending my time with. And for me personally, um, I knew that I needed, I wanted more than serving coffee and passing out programs. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I did that for many years. Um, but for me personally, I knew I just needed to be doing more than that. And the community aspect and relationship aspect really stuck with me. And uh, shortly after I came back, two things happened. I had an opportunity to visit some of the community centers in South Salt Lake and meet with some of the people who were running those programs and started building a relationship with them. And then I was introduced to two girls who were in sixth and eighth grade. Mom got deported dad's not around um, and I was able to uh, fill in periodically but again around January I just felt God tugging at me making it really clear that I needed to be spending more time with these girls um, and and I'm doing that now I've been spending every week with them um, I'm, I've gotten involved with one of their schools because she's not doing well in school and um, I just know it's what I'm supposed to be doing if you knew me there's nothing really 
logical about any of that. I have a grown daughter, so even hanging out with junior high girls is a little outside my comfort zone. But, um, and I think somebody mentioned earlier one of their stories. We're all busy, I'm busy too, but I, it's not a matter of how do I find time, it's I can't wait to see these girls every week. It's, it's really been awesome. And actually they, they came to Vertical last week for the first time and really liked it. So if there are Vertical leaders out there, thank you very much. <laughs> so it's, it's been really exciting. Um, let's say somebody out here, let's say they're like you, they, they're serving in 10 different ways, leading in something, and, um, and they just have a sense that there is, there's something more than just being busy, and they're sensing that next step. What would, how would you encourage them? How would you encourage me? Well, first of all, pay attention to that. That was a learning thing for me is really, when I hear those promptings, I realize that's different for everybody, whether it's a stirring or a prompting. Even if a friend calls you out of, out of the blue to go and do something with them, just go do it. Just show up. Um, and don't think that you have to have the, the program figured out or the perfect thing in place or the, or, or the time to do it. Um, if that's God's plan for you, that, that all, I mean, that for me just clearly was all rolled out in his time. And that's really our desire. I mean, it, Wendy is our liaison to South Salt Lake, and uh, we have really different leaders, both leading uh, downtown and in relationships, mentoring relationships, uh, relationships with refugee families. All that. We would, there's a growing number of us as a church who are entering into these, like I've said, committed relationships, committed friendships. And we just, we see God changing us breaking our heart for more more than just the the busy activity and and the thing is you don't have to be a professional boxing coach you know i mean although it's really cool that we have one you know and um it you don't have to have that to to serve you just got to be willing to say man god would you would you use me and put me in the right place would you help me to see those who have needs um any final thoughts no just show up yeah, All right. just show up and see what God has in store for just you. Just show up. Hey, let's, let's give thanks to Wendy. And really, that's our, uh, that's our desire, is that today that you, if you feel like this is something God is asking you to do, that you would have the opportunity to just show up and to just step in uh, one step closer to the plan that he has for you with that. Um, our... Our desire is really that, is not that we would be busier, but that God could use us as people who are going and who are serving and who are walking with him as his children here in this place. Because we want to see God change our city. We want to see him bring his love in a dramatic way in our city and, and that he would use us in whatever way he can. Um, we're finishing up the day here and we're going to take offering. Our connections team is going to come forward. And uh, again, as you give to K2, just thank you so much for, for making stories like these possible for you continuing to be part of this. And, and it's our desire that as a church, we would continue to see God more and more using us in this way. Let me pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you that you we're intentional. You came and you loved us. You, you chose some disciples, some, some people. You called them to follow you, to walk through life together with you, that, that they came to know you and, and they came to call others to know you as well. God, thank you for what you showed us while you were here. Thank you that you paid the price for our sin. You loved us. 
and you told us to go out. And so, God, as we, as we go out, would you help us not to do it in a, in a way that is, is just about numbers? Would you help us to do, not do it in a way that's just about our safety and our, our own schedule, but in a way, God, that we spend ourselves, that we give ourselves, and, God, that you change us God, thank you that you do that here at K2. Would you continue to do it even as we give? In Jesus' name, amen.